Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. Is it Monday already? Uh, in the studio with us, we, we have Judge Richard Weinberg of, from the Common Sense Democrats. We have Congressman Peter King from the Common Sense Republicans. And me and Rita Cosby. Rita, how are you? I'm doing good, and I have a lot of common sense, too. So I'm, I'm very Let the glad record to be clear. Let the record be clear. And, and John, you... Have a lot of common sense. I got to get this new details. United Airlines is now saying. Uh, well, breaking news uh, on the seven thirty seven dash whatever nines uh, that the United Airlines is saying they are finding loose bolts on the seven thirty sevens and uh, uh, where those emergency doors had to be. Now the mistake, Arita. Yeah, the big story was the, the Alaska big story Airlines. With Alaska yeah. Airlines. If the if the airplane would have went to uh, uh, let's say uh, forty thousand feet or thirty five thousand feet or thirty thousand feet, a lot of people could have died. It's scary, and you see the video. Uh, a kid, John, had his shirt sucked off of him. iPhones He's were lucky taken off. The whole off. kid didn't go out the window. It is, and the mother apparently the was holding on for dear life. Down. Is seatbelt enough to hold yes. and protect you under that? Really uh, scary. Well, to an extent, I mean, sometimes if it's if it was at thirty thousand feet in the and it's a real big pull, you go right out the window with the seat. And John, you owned an airline, so you know what you're talking about. And you're a pilot. Um, yeah, and you're a pilot. Yes. How serious is this? Because people this now is very serious just hear this United Airlines. What happened? So people could understand it on Alaska Airlines. That Alaska Airlines had an option of putting an emergency door there or not having the emergency door. So they decided not to have the emergency door and to put another panel there. But nobody screwed in that panel enough to make it secure. And they had problems, too. And they had problems. Yeah, they had problems. The, 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 the red lights were going off in the, uh, uh, in the cockpit for the last month or so. And they allowed it. This was it. a brand new airplane. Now, the mistake from the leadership. The leadership of Boeing, they figured, all right, let's turn over. Let's turn over those airplanes to Alaska, United, whoever. Let them do whatever they have to do. Wrong. The leadership of Boeing is wrong, in my opinion. Boeing has the responsibility to go back and double-check things. Absolutely right. Morally and legally, absolutely yes, correct. They, they have the responsibility to go back and check things and not allow a mechanic making $27 an hour to and certify him with all those people's lives. John, this seems totally irresponsible. As your career in aviation, you seen anything like this where there's that much irresponsibility? I remember I once, a high level? I once took off. You You probably had a $7 an hour a guy working Orlando Airport, and uh, we, we uh, our, my uh, chief pilot asked the uh, ground control to, to check that we have enough oil in our right engine and my left engine. This was the days I was flying prop. I was a Navajo chieftain airplane twin engine. And we take off. And as we're, as, as the airplane is going to a thousand feet, uh, my pilot Cliff, Cliff Corley says to me, there's, there's, uh, something leaking from the right engine. 
And then he says to me, there's something leaking from the left engine. So we declared an emergency. I did a once around, declared an emergency. We landed back on Orlando Airport. And guess what it was? The kid, the kid that was making whatever, $7 an hour, $5 an hour, didn't, after he checked the oil in both engines, mm. he didn't put the screws in right. Oh, oh. my goodness. How yeah. scary. Yeah. That is so, scary. So, how do you say it, Dorita? Crap happens. Yeah, by the way, you use that a line a lot with uh, Anthony Weiner over the weekend. I Wiener, was listening. Wiener, Wiener fired me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm having this, you know, he was getting a little bit, uh, uh, you know, disjointed on something. And, and he says to me at the end of the show, well, without checking with me or Curtis, says, well, Curtis will be back next Saturday. Oh. And, you know, I said to myself, am I fired? <laughs> We'll try, like get, listen, we'll try like, to get you a job back, John. I like Anthony. I like Anthony. Yeah, it, was, it was a great hour. I, you know, it was just, a great hour. A lot of people enjoyed it. It was the highest ratings ever at uh, that time. Period. I'm not surprised. I was watching. You could tell I was like a throwing my iPhone across the room listening to it. But boy, was it and Today is Elvis Presley's 88th birthday. 89. 89. 89th birthday. Yes, the king of rock and roll. 89. And I wish he would have still been around. Uh, I, I use one of those people. Is there anybody in the room here who met Elvis? I, 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 I never met him. I wish I had met Elvis. That's one of those things on my bucket list. I wish I met yeah. Ricky Nelson. Oh, yeah. And I like Ricky Nelson, too. Yeah. I, I was at Madison Square Garden the time they booed Ricky Nelson. Oh, you told us about that. Move? Yes, that's move? right. Let's, let's move on. I understand you have some breaking news from yep, John wait. Solomon. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news tied to January 6th and more is John Solomon, the founder of Just the News. Uh, John, you've got a good scoop, a really wild scoop about some more details that we didn't know about before. Yeah, how many times does our good friend John say this, right? People just want the facts. Well, the J6 committee left an awful lot of facts out of its report. One of its primary conclusions, which, by the way, has been echoed on TV for a year straight. You hear it every time one of the J6 committee members or one of their pundits are on television. Donald Trump had a plan and an intent to go to the Capitol on January 6th. And I've always thought, well, if that's true, the Secret Service should have been in on the plan. And so for the last year, I've spent trying to get those Secret Service documents. I recently got them with the help of Congress and, and some sources of mine. I have the operational plan that the Secret Service used that day, as well as its email traffic throughout the course of the day. When uh, they woke up on the morning of January 6th, President Trump had no plan to go to the Capitol. How do we know? It wasn't in the schedule that the Secret Service had. The Secret Service always puts people in locations where they know the president's going to go. They had a very clear schedule. He was going to leave the White House, go to the Ellipse, give the speech, come back to the White House. And part of the reason they wanted to keep it tight was that the documents show that the Secret Service knew this could be a bumpy day. There could be some violence or some unrest uh, out there. So they wanted to get the president in and out safely. When the president made a reference in the middle of his speech at the Ellipse saying, I might want to go to the Capitol. The Secret Service had to scramble to try to get assets to the Capitol in case the president decided to follow through on that because they did not have a plan. There was no intention or plan before that moment to do that. They did scramble, ultimately decided with the president they would not go to the Capitol, and they took him back to uh, the Hill. But these documents were made available to the January 6th committee. They're not in there. It's okay for the committee to make whatever conclusions it wants. 
But to not give the American public these documents, this sort of perspective that the Secret Service was not in on any plan and the president had, was told he wasn't going to the Capitol when he left that day, very important information to deprive the American public as part of this report. Uh, John, John Katzmantidis, there's so many things that we don't know about January 6th. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things uh, was that uh, the Capitol Police themselves opened up the big doors and some people walked through. Now, the other thing we don't know, uh, yes, and the other thing we don't know is how many federal agents, I don't know what agencies, were among uh, the the people picketing. And were they urging, and were they urging the people to walk in? Because these people are in jail, a lot of them are in jail for January 6th, uh, and, and they're still in jail. We're murderers are out. Yes. You are 100% right, John. The the uh, video footage we got last summer showed more than 300 of the Capitol protesters walked through a door that was mistakenly unlocked by the Capitol Police and then left unguarded. They pressed the door to get a couple people out the door, not realizing that the door said, if you press this door, it's going to unlock from the outside. The cops left, the door opened, and people walked in without but any But I've seen videos. Tell me yes. if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. I've seen videos of the Capitol Police waving the people in. Yes, there are some instances where they're waving them through hallways. It's unclear whether they're waving them in or to an exit location. Most of the video footage that I've seen, John, the cops are trying to get people out to a location. But they left this door open. They did not stop it. People came through, 300 people. That's about a third of the people accused of going into the Capitol that day. It is a major security blunder, uh, and it's something that the J6 committee kept from all of us. If it wasn't for Senator Ron Johnson, is it true? John, is it true that the president of the United States uh, uh, offered troops to uh, Nancy Pelosi and she turned it down? Is it or is it not? The Pentagon on January 2nd called affirmatively to the Capitol Police and offered them troops, saying, if you'd like to have troops, let us know now. We'll get them going. The police chief came back the next day and said, uh, the bosses here, the political bosses don't want them, so no, we don't need them right now. That is uh, in emails. It's in the official Capitol Police pipeline documents I all obtained last year. It is irrefutable. The Democrats go around and around saying, well, did he authorize them or did he approve them? It doesn't matter. They were offered and they were turned down. And the Capitol Police Chief, Steve Sun, the man who had to turn down the National Guard because his political bosses reporting to Nancy Pelosi told them to turn him down, he said the day would have turned out entirely different had those National Guard been deployed as they were offered by the Trump Pentagon on January 2nd. Think about that. Four days in advance, they were given an offer and they turned it down. You know the one thing, too, John, Nancy Pelosi's never been called to testify. Nobody in her office has. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but like... Aren't a lot of the details, the transcripts, some of the video missing now suddenly when tell, now tell the Republicans us, Tell us what's on. missing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of the videotapes do not exist, at least right now. They're being sought by uh, Congressman Loudermilk. But the, the videotapes of the depositions of a lot of these witnesses are missing. Now, the transcripts exist for most of them. They've been tracked down. They've been sitting at the government printing office. So that's a good sign. We've got the transcripts. But the video is very important. Why? Remember, one of the key witnesses, the one who gave us that sensational story about President Trump trying to take the steering wheel from the Secret Service, something that the Secret Service said never happened. But Cassidy Hutchinson told a whole bunch of stories. Recently, I reported that after she gave her testimony the first time, 
she recanted and changed some of her testimony. They did it through a thing called an errata sheet. Her credibility is now deeply in question. Her excuse for her changes is my lawyer pressured me to lie. Being able to see that videotape to see if the lawyer who denies he did that uh, is actually pressuring her or saying anything or looking at her or giving any hand signals would be very important for uh, resolving this very big dispute. Over the weekend, I reported that the Congress, the Republican House is going to call um, Cassidy Hutchinson and her former lawyer, Stefan Pasatino, to testify. And usually a lawyer and a client can't talk about their own attorney-client privilege communications, but Cassidy Hutchinson signed a letter waiving her privileges at the end of the January 6th investigation for Democrats. That's going to boomerang now. Now Republicans have a fair game to go to her lawyer and say, is Cassidy Hutchinson telling the truth or not? That'll be the first time that's happened since the January 6th report came out. Uh, it's the sort of thing that should have happened before the report came out. Now we're going to get the truth, hopefully, two years later. John, we want to get the truth. That's all we want is the truth, yep. the truth, the truth. Thank you for bringing us up to date. And, we'll, and I'm, I'm sure we'll continue to discuss as the truth comes out. Thank you. Yeah, a lot more truth to be had. Wow, really a blockbuster stuff. Judge Weinberg, your reaction? Well, I think uh, John Salomon's right. Let, let's point out some important facts. Number one, the January 6th committee was packed with anti-Trump people. And I'm the House Democrat, and I'm telling you, they were packed. There was no Republican on that committee that was fair-minded. They were packed with anti-Trump Republicans as Yeah, well. Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, right. Right. Okay. who hate Trump more okay. than the Democrats. Okay. <laughs> Next thing is, they talked about people being killed at this. The only person who was killed was that Ashley Babbitt lady who was shot. She was unarmed. She wasn't a threat. And you had a, a reckless Capitol Police officer who shot into a crowd, wasn't even aiming directly at her, and killed her. And that whole situation has been suppressed. Trump, another salient fact, Trump specifically told in his remarks, told the demonstrators to go there and protest peacefully. Next, nobody has ever charged Trump not, certainly not Jack Smith, the special counsel, with insurrection. Nor were any of the people there at the Capitol charged with insurrection. You know why? Because they could not prove it was insurrection. What you had is you had some bad actors, bad conduct that might have turned into riotous behavior, which is a different story. Other important facts were the investigation of this has gone on and on and on. They just arrested three more people. We've never seen resources of law enforcement spent looking after the Antifa people or the BLM people in the summer of 2020 or in the fall of 2020 where it influenced an election. Thank you, Judge. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Uh, uh, Peter King, your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is an attempt to rewrite history. That was one of the most disgraceful days in American history, what those people did. And to try to say they were protesters who got out of control, you look at any of the videos, like 140 cops ended up in the hospital after that day, charging on the House side, breaking windows, coming in with clubs, coming in with bats, that to me is disgraceful. And that's not rewrite history. Peter, you're, no, you're, you're, listen, you're entitled to your opinion. No, I think my opinion is, is, is the right opinion. And on this case, go back to that day. Ivanka Trump, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, all these people who love Trump were begging him to get involved. His conduct that day is irresponsible. It's un, cannot possibly be justified. And to say, but it's not an insurrection. Well, you're, you're saying it was disgrace. And Peter, one important thing to say is this talk about federal agents being involved in this. That's what the Islamists say. That's what Black Lives Matter is. Every time Ray Kelly broke a, a, a terrible plot in New York, the first thing they said it was inspired by the cops. That's the same BS that these people use all the time. We're, 
putting ourselves on the side of Black Lives Matter and Islamists, they use the same arguments. To me, this is Listen, a disgrace. All I want is the truth so of the American yes. people. And by the way, and I, nobody, nobody, nobody condones days, the attacks on cops. I agree with you okay, on that. Let's, you know? let's and go to the next thing. Yeah, we, we have. Everybody's opinion. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do, which we love in the studio. Yeah. Here. That's what's great about Captain Cosby. We have everybody's opinion. <laughs> everybody's opinion. And let's go to General Keith Kellogg. Uh, now, about another hot topic that boy is uh, popping up all over Washington. Uh, General oh. Kellogg, you were, of course, a national security advisor there under President Trump. You also worked, of course, with uh, then Vice President Pence. A big story today. Talk about controversy over Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, MIA, and didn't tell anybody. He just got out of ICU. We, of course, hope he gets better. But nobody knew he was even in ICU, not the president, not a whole bunch of people. This is like Abbott and Costello, it feels like. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's all of you. Look, here's the issue, and it's a big issue. Uh, and I don't want anybody to sweep it under the rug or kind of poo-poo it. <clears throat> there are two national security people that are very key to civilian control of the military. One is the president, one is the secretary of defense, both. And when, it's, when the president issues military orders to do something, they go through the secretary of defense to a combatant commander. Let's use central command, where all the activities happening right now in the Middle East. So an order comes from President uh, uh, Biden, it goes to the SECDAP, Austin, and it goes to uh, Eric Carrillo, who's the commander on the ground. That chain cannot be broken because that's the military control, uh, military control being controlled by civilian leadership. So what you have now, all of a sudden, is you have a broken chain. And that is, that is the big issue on transparency and accountability. So when the, when the vice, when the president was not told where Lloyd Austin was and that he was in a hospital, it broke that chain because then the military commanders on the ground had free reign to do what they wanted to do. And, and that is the real problem you run into. So the question I've got to everybody is, how did how was it possible that Lloyd Austin goes to a hospital and he doesn't inform anybody? How is it possible that Lloyd Austin goes to the hospital and his staff doesn't tell anybody? So and that includes his public affairs officer. When we were in the White House, and the one cabinet secretary you tracked religiously was the secretary of defense. The other you tracked because it was kind of nice to know, but you always track the secretary of defense because if you had a nuclear event or something like that, you had to reach out to him immediately. And you know, they General, know you know, General Keith Kellogg, the one thing I think of too is of all times right now, think of, um, sadly, I mean, you know better than anybody. I mean, it, it is a hornet's nest out there between what's happening with Hamas. Uh, look at North Korea, China, Russia, Ukraine. I mean, there are so many hot spots of all times to have an MIA defense secretary. It's scary. Yeah, General, this is Pete King. And again, I'm, I'm not here to attack uh, Secretary Austin, but how can he – I can't give any possible defense for what he did here. I mean, can you fathom any reason why this happened? I mean, it seemed to be – it wasn't just such something that happened over a half hour, an hour. It was days and days well, of a did failure you hear, to train a command. Pete, the latest, too, is that he's claiming his, like, chief of staff had the flu. And, well, like, like I mean, either way, it I doesn't mean, I sound you, good. I, I used yeah. the phone when I had the flu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were on radio when you had the flu. Yeah, you you're, you you know. And, and, and his deputy, uh, the, his deputy was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, deputy in Puerto Rico, right. and Biden at the time was in Saint Croix. Like they're both on vacation. I mean, it's like thank goodness nothing huge happened at that moment. Well, the, the problem you run into, and it's a great 
comment about uh, the, what had actually happened and being not available at all. So the question you have to ask yourself, well, how did we even get there? Lloyd Austin knows better. Lloyd Austin was the director of what's called the director of the joint staff. He was a three-star that was basically ran the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He knew knows better. He was a four-star. He knows better. So he becomes a Secretary of Defense, and the only thing I can say, and doesn't tell anybody, there was one lack of transparency. That's one of those no kidding. But this is a real failure of trust and confidence to the American people. And, and this is one of those somebody needs to be held accountable for this. You just cannot accept it. A message has to be sent. If this, had, I mean, if, if Secretary Gates was out there, he, if you asked him about something like this, he would just probably not even say a word and be stunned by it. Because this is one of those you would say to everybody, if you were involved in this, you probably need to go. Because what it goes to, there's a level of arrogance here. And the level of arrogance is very disturbing. My whole question to everybody since Afghanistan is, who are you holding accountable? Nobody's been held accountable. Nobody's been held accountable for what happened in Afghanistan. We lost a 20-year war. Nobody held accountable. You see what's happening in the Middle East. Nobody's accountable. You see what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. Nobody's really held, being held accountable. So I, I keep saying, look, we owe it. They owe it to the American people to give them full transparency, and they haven't done it. And they're closing all the closing ranks behind them. And, and this is one where the president needs to stand up and say that this is unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. General Keith Kellogg, thank you for joining us. Uh, I agree. It just, it, our adversaries are looking and going, shaking their heads. Uh, thank you very, very much. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it is. It's really scary. coming up, everybody. Uh, we are going to be talking to Ray Tierney, the Suffolk County, New York district attorney about fentanyl as Mayorkas finally goes to the border today. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. We are waiting to hear from Suffolk County DA Ray Tierney. Great guy. Uh, great yeah, guy. great. By the way, uh, what Keith Kellogg, the former national security advisor to Pence, was saying, that was mind blowing, Pete. What he was just saying. Yeah, I, I can't understand. I was, I was talking to the judge during the break. I mean, if this was the New York City Council, if this was the National County Legislature, if the top person is missing, there's always a chain of command. You always let people know where you are. There's always someone who's ready to go. And to, I think the Secretary of Defense, who was probably during wartime, which is now wartime, most important person in government, for not to know where I, he I was. I understand this morning Frank Morano did the chain of command. It's the president first, then comes the vice president, then comes the speaker. After the speaker, it's the president pro temp of the Senate. I yeah, know he's, that. Yeah. he's number six. Talking, I was hearing the yeah, president, president pro temp of the Senate. How, where, and then after that, Secretary of State, Secretary of State, State, then Secretary of Defense. But where is the majority leader of the Senate? He, he's he, nowhere. He's nowhere in this. As far as he's the nowhere. In, in other words, the, the train of command. Senator, no. the, the majority leader of the Senate, one of the most responsible people in in the country, is not in, in line. Of no, the president pro tem is usually the senior senator yeah. in the entire Senate. He's the one who's Yeah, there. but what we're talking about here, you're talking yeah. about presidential succession, right. not the chain of command. We're talking about a military operation. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and given right now everything going on in the world, guys, I mean, Pete on Homeland Security yeah. Committee, my goodness, you think about right. all the things right now with all these attacks on U.S. troops, you got to be able to get your defense secretary right away, and he doesn't tell anybody I, I he's in get, ICU uh, or going to the hospital. Right, and he used to get in touch with so many people down the line. So, I mean, this to me is inexcusable, inexplicable, and I've never heard anything like it in government, as I said. And it's frightening because we know this happened now. Has this happened before? Right. Yes. And, and what checks and balances do we have that doesn't happen again? And That's do these people point, feel that Josh. they don't have to contact Joe Biden? Is this such a lack of confidence in him that cabinet officials somehow? Listen, I don't care if you're the secretary of agriculture. You should let the president know if you're going to the hospital and you're not going to be there. But secretary of defense, that is so vital. Of all times. And, yeah. you know, Pete, what do you think of these new calls now? There are people who are saying he should resign, that somebody's head should roll. There should be some accountability. What are your thoughts? Well, we have to find out what happened. If there is some rationale, some possible excuse, I can't imagine what it is. But I think this is so serious. Just letting him go, uh, to me, can be more time. I want to find out what happened. Get a full hearing I, as to I, what, what I happened. Want, listen, what I want to know is if, if you get him out, who's going to replace him? Right. You want to make sure you have a talented person, a man or woman who takes over that job is why capable of doing it. Why, you have uh, some special news, uh, Rita? It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard with John Solomon at the top of Katz and Cosby, new documents are showing that President Trump had no plans to go to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th before that day. That is contrary to a lot of other reporting out there. And again, you just heard it here on Katz and Cosby. Also, the NYPD has arrested today pro-Palestinian protesters. They arrested about 325 of them, and they were blocking the Williamsburg, Manhattan, and Brooklyn bridges, as well as the Manhattan side entrance of the Holland Tunnel. Traffic was blocked close to two hours. Mayor Eric Adams says he supports the right to protest, but can't allow bridges and tunnels to be blocked. And President Joe Biden was interrupted today down in Charleston, South Carolina. He was speaking at a church where a white supremacist gunned down eight black worshipers. That happened back in 2015. And today Biden's speech was interrupted by a group who chanted and demanded that he support a ceasefire in Gaza. And those are your Goya top stories of the day. And we're going to have a lot more on Cats and Cosby right after the break. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. Well, huge headlines recently uh, that USA Boxing is allowing trans athletes to compete against women, So you're going to have women boxers fighting men boxers? Yeah, isn't that amazing? How's that going to work out? Uh, about five seconds worth before How the women go the to the hospital. How one of them kills the other one? Yeah, uh, and guess who's going to get uh, the big punch in? I mean, how is this, uh, as a woman, this is, uh, to me, this is stunning. Well, joining us to talk about all of us here on Cats and Cosby is one of the leading defender of women in single sex spaces. Uh, she's been right there out front, of course, the big superstar swimmer, NCAA Division One swimmer, Riley Gaines. Riley, we are so happy to have you here. This is shocking that now they're going to have men punch women in the face. And you heard what I said. They're probably going to go to the hospital. How is this fair to women? <laughs> well, to answer your question, it's not fair. Uh, but you know what? I, I I don't think this is shocking. This is the exact trajectory 
of where uh, I know at least myself and so many others have been warning that we're headed in. Uh, You know, you have to wonder when will their eyes open? Will it take a woman being fatally injured uh, before these people who created these policies and these guidelines, the people sitting on the board of USA Boxing, is that what it's going to take for them to to suddenly realize, of course, this is a terrible idea um, and really only adversely affecting women? Uh, we're not going to see any women who identify as men going in the ring and fighting with men. I mean, uh, that's a silly notion, and we know why. And it's not sexist or bigoted to say that. Yeah, uh, by the way, I don't want to be are... fighting Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield in the ring, for the record, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you've got a Riley, question for Riley the, Gaines. Welcome back to the show. How come <clears> you don't hear any of the major feminist groups talking about this? Whatever happened to the rights of women? <laughs> well... Uh, those feminist groups, uh, you know, you think about um, second, third wave feminism, and you think about groups like the National Organization of Women that were created back in the 60s and 70s when Title IX was implemented, which was a huge stride for women and equal opportunities. You you think about those groups. What they're doing now is they've abandoned women, and they're leading the charge. They're leading the charge in dismantling single-sex spaces and, of course, single-sex sports. Uh, Even a few weeks ago, I testified before Congress as one of, of course, the Republican witnesses uh, in support of Title IX and urging the Biden administration to uphold Title IX's original intent. But one of the Democrat witnesses, uh, she's a woman from the National Women's Law Center, who literally in her opening testimony said women needed to just learn how to lose more gracefully to men who merely said they are women from the women's, the National Women's law center that is shocking Um, it is it really it's appalling uh, i would say it is disgusting uh riley Gaines. we have uh former congressman peter king here riley yeah again this is Pete king and you know congratulations on your great testimony and the way you've been a stalwart on this a good friend of mine a woman she was actually a world uh women's boxing champion i know what goes into that and the thought of having a transgender which in effect is a male as far as chromosomes and testosterone to have uh, a woman put at risk of that. Listen, you can be a great woman fighter, which makes you probably better than most men in the world, but not not better than most women, uh, men boxers. I mean, a, a male boxer, uh, to me, uh, can beat almost any female boxer. I'm not saying that as a sexist, just by the, the you know, uh, what the sport requires. Like in lacrosse, you'll find women now being seriously injured by transgender lacrosse players. It's a different type of sport when it's a male versus female in, in a power sport. So again, I mean, you can have male versus female in, in chess games. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Checkers but, too. But, but when you it know comes to hear something crazy, yes, is actually chess. The World Chess Association has more strict guidelines uh, in regard to transgender policies than USA Boxing does, and that's the first time I've thought of it like that. Wow. Uh, I worked very closely in chess uh, to with the with the leaders in the World Chess uh, Association to preserve the women's category only for women. Um, and they did. They did. Uh, and now boxing hasn't even done such. So it's kind of a, a pretty funny, almost funny, objectively funny, if there weren't real consequences. You know what I'm thinking? Now, now, you know, I, I want to bring up something. Yeah, go ahead. Um, last week, uh, me and Judge Weinberg, uh, I'm chairman of a police athletic league in New York, and uh, they tried to bring boxing to these kids. And I tried to explain to everybody that 12-year-olds to 22-year-olds to 24-year-olds, if they get hit 
in the head enough times, the neurologist will tell you, they'll tell you that they're going to use lose up to 15% of their IQ, and Judge. Try, and try, that's, that's male versus male. Yeah. If, if it's male versus female, it's even it. much better. Even yeah. yeah. And, 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 and with a power situation. And, and there were some people trying to push the sport back on kids. I said, why don't we push 2024 uh, uh, things on kids like computers and, and teaching them things versus 1950 sports where they bang their heads against the wall. And, and I want to say something as a woman too. There's something to me very offensive at a time where obviously domestic violence is a huge issue. Just think about it. You're going to put a guy in the ring punching a girl in the face. I find it distasteful. Riley, I find it really offensive. Yeah. Judge, you had a few Of course. Things. Yes. Uh, not only are they just putting them in the ring knowing the outcome, they're being called champions for punching women in the face. They're being given prize money. They're being awarded, given titles for punching. I mean, we're glorified. Well, these are the, probably the, the same people. In the face. These are the same people who want to put two dogs fighting each other and killing each other. You know, uh, <laughs> Judge Weinberg. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, they do it in the name of progress. Yeah. Right. Well, progress, regress. No, I think, <laughs> yeah, regress. Exactly. Yeah. Riley, I think that's exactly right. You know, in this ideology where you have, they have to have their way, we've given up common sense in terms of in terms of the values. It's absolutely nope. incredible. I have two daughters. I would never allow them to get involved in a situation like that, playing a sport against men who postured as as women, the injury level is going to be enormous. I don't care what the sport is. I agree. Uh, by the way, uh, before we let Riley go, I also want to ask you, Riley, about um, what's happening in Ohio. This is stunning. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get your reaction to this. Mike DeWine, the governor, who kind of flips and flops, um, he now just passed. It was sort of this executive order where he's saying uh, transgender surgeries for, for kids uh, essentially is okay in public facilities, but not private. He's kind of, seems like he's playing politics, but, but what's your reaction to what's going on there? And he's a Republican governor. Well, you said it perfectly when you said he flips and flops, because that's exactly what he does. He's a fence rider. Uh, we've seen Governor DeWine's actions throughout COVID, uh, throughout how he handled even East Palestine. And of course, now with this issue, uh, with this issue, I would say really garnering the most out of all of his governorship, uh, the most public outrage I believe he's had. Um, he's a spineless coward is what he is, a morally bankrupt spineless coward at that. Uh, of course, he vetoed HB 68, the SAFE Act, uh, which would prevent men from going in women's sports and would prevent um experimental castration, uh, these surgeries on minors in the state of Ohio. He just vetoed that bill. And then a week later, after all of this public outrage, uh, he signed a pretty weak executive order doing exactly what the bill <laughs> would have done. Uh, so actually, the legislature is reconvening from their uh, winter break early uh, January 10th. So in two days, uh, I imagine there will be lots of eyes on Ohio. They will be voting on the override and the votes are there. So hopefully, uh, I'm certainly hopeful that Ohio will become the 24th state to protect women's sports and the 23rd state uh, to protect the safeguarding of Be children. Well, uh, before we break, Roger, my chief pilot, says, tell them to have a transgender group for sports. In other words, let the transgenders fight each other. What do you think of that, Riley? Me personally, um, I, won't go to I think it's. I think it's continuing to cave to 
Uh, I, I think he's joking. Bad, really, uh, I, I don't think a trans league is feasible by any means. Um, I think the solution is right in front of our eyes. There are two sexes and there are two categories that cater to each of those sexes. Uh, that's, I think the solution has been. We, we, yeah, everybody in the studio Absolutely agrees agree. with you. Raleigh, Thank you for coming you on. You keep up the great fight, Keep up Riley. the great work. Riley, whatever we can do to help. Yeah, Thank Riley, you. No doubt. we love you. Yeah, you keep it up. you guys. Thank you very much. Come Thank back you. on soon, And Riley. let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have Bill O'Reilly for a full 15 minutes. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, our next guest is a mega best-selling author, uh, the biggest non-fiction author out there. He has sold more than 19 million books, including his latest one, Killing the Witches. And, of course, you can listen to him every weeknight here on WABC Radio, Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, 9 to 10 p.m., and, uh, Bill, we love having you on. I know uh, you want to talk about the migrants because, boy, there's been some big headlines this weekend. Yeah, I uh, saw the uh, New York Post article today about the Bloomingdale's invasion. Um, according to their reporting, 15 undocumented people went in and then started to steal stuff, one arrest. Um, and... All this does really is is inflame people against migrants, and that's not fair. So it is a duality here. So the 10 million people under Joe Biden who come here, um, cross the border illegally, most of them, um, most of them are good people. That sounds like a contradiction in terms, but it's true. They're just trying to get a better life for themselves. I'd probably do the same thing if I lived in, El Salvador and Honduras, and I know the area. I covered the war down there in the early 80s. So uh, then they get here, and most of them are hardworking people that just want a better life. But 10% of any group, Rita, even WABC, are bad. That's just the uh, breakdown of human nature. So you got a million undocumented people here who are going to cause trouble. And I think we saw some of them in Bloomingdale's. But the story is interesting for two reasons. The store owners in New York State, from Montauk to Erie, are demanding that the governor stop this shoplifting epidemic. And Hochul better take it seriously. I mean, John owns a business. You want people just going in and looting your grocery stores and nothing happens to them? That's what we have in New York State. And it's got to change and change fast. Well, Hochul today, uh, she had announced that she's going to go after professional shoplifters because if things are out of control. I mean, you have professional yeah, shoplifters that go in and just rob. How? How is she going after them? There's a law that says they're not to be held un. <laughs> They'll, they're going to be let right out to do what they want to do. And uh, Alvin Bragg's office in Manhattan, I don't have the stats for the other boroughs, they're dropping 60% of the uh, arrest charges. <clears throat> they're not prosecuting 60% of the cases that come into their office. That's horrible. It is horrible. 
Yeah, so you know, I did, good you? did you see this also? Uh, by the way, just to highlight way, how I bad did shoplifting say, I is. I texted Hochul before. Yeah. Uh huh. And I said to her before you stated the uh, state Wait. speech, I you know I want you to consider the fact that Rockefeller had three strikes and you're out. And, and we have some professional killers out there, professional bad people. Yeah. I mean, at, at what point is it five strikes and you're out, ten strikes and you're out? But there's got to be a number yeah. out there. And then the second thing I texted her, I said that uh, out-of-towners, the joke we tell on this show is they come in from New Jersey, commit a crime, and they go home for dinner. Right. And the cops are filling out the paperwork. The cops are still filling out the paperwork. You know, um, one thing I wanted to also hit, uh, John, on shoplifting, uh, it's a chain that's over in Europe, actually. But they said that they are losing more money in shoplifting than they're making in the stores. So, well, I mean, how do you do business? I can say the same thing about Christina. How sad is that? What okay, a sad sign of the times. I can say the, the same time. thing about D'Agostino. Wow. What a sad sign of the times, Bill. The problem, Bill, it's Richard Weinberg. The problem is that she can't cure this by an executive order, she's got to get the legislature to change the law. That's the problem. No, 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 no. She could. Governor oh. Pataki and Governor Patterson told her how to do it. Change you the law. Put it, no. You put it in the budget. Well, that's how you change that's the, the change law. Put, no, you put it in the budget, and they have to vote the whole thing down that's or right. vote it up. That's okay, changing the law, no, yeah. But that's changing the law. What I'm saying to you is a governor can't issue an executive order that will change the bail status. Your Pataki and Patterson are exactly right as former governors that you can put it in as part of the budget, which is what Congressman King is saying with me. And then you have to vote it up or down the whole package. But executive order is not going to change the law. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think these people who consistently vote in favor of the criminals have to be um, exposed in the media. And their pictures have to be put up on television. And we have to name the names. Curtis is pretty good at this. He does that on a regular basis. But I think more of the media, if they care about New York, and unfortunately a lot of them don't, um, they got to start exposing these people who feel that criminals should not be punished. Because it all comes back to that. If you harshly punish anybody, they're less likely to do the transgression again. I mean, I learned that in the first grade at St. Bridget's School. <laughs> wait, not, wait, what did you do in first grade? Right. Is this a confession time, Bill? <laughs> what did you well, do in first grade? I don't think we have enough time uh, <laughs> on Captain Cosby for our confession, but um, this is insane. These progressives who have gotten elected in New York State are ruining the state. Yes, yes. And that's no, I, Don't call them progressives. I call them regressives. Well, whatever you call them, they're ruining the state. It brings me to the congestion um, funding thing. Now, I don't think that's going to be instituted in the spring. There's too many lawsuits against it. But who is going to benefit by this? Who? Not teachers, not EMS workers. Not not, not the theater doctors. district. Yeah, nobody. Who? Nobody. The nobody. MTA. The MTA. Budget. Yeah, MTA. It's an order yeah, to grab. It's just a revenue grab. But it's a nickel. Yeah, you think of, they're going to benefit, but they're yeah. not, because they never have enough money ever, no matter how much money you give them. Ever. And so this is going to lead to another exodus out of the state. And this time it's going to be more working people and wealthy people. They're going to go, look, you know, I'm going to teach in Pennsylvania. Or I'm going to teach in Connecticut or I'm going to Florida to teach. I mean, if you're a teacher and, or a police officer, when they may give exemptions for the cops, 
but you're earning less than a hundred thousand, and you got to pay fifteen bucks a day to come into the city do your job. Um, come on, this is insane, and and this is what why the state of New York is being destroyed. We're second in the destruction line next to California, who announced last week they're going to pay the health costs for every undocumented migrant. And it's California. crazy. And also they're going to pay pay for the transgenders uh, in California surgeries. Yeah, Surgery. so that that. The good thing about that announcement was it takes Gavin Newsom off the board um, for a presidential candidate. That he he just killed himself. I, so I uh, tomorrow, uh, Bill O'Reilly, we have Alan Dershowitz every Tuesday, and tomorrow we're going to go over every board member of Harvard. Let the world know. Let our our million listeners know who's on the board of Harvard and who is doing these dumb things. Well, I'm not so, in, you know, even though it's, I'm an alumnus, I don't really care. <laughs> I care more about New York City. And uh, I just noticed something before we came on the air. Michelle Obama did a podcast and said that she's very worried about the election of 2024. Very interesting. Yeah. You, Bill, did you see also uh, Barack Obama? There were reports that he went to the White House in the last few days and told Biden he's got to step it up, that he's very worried. What Do you read that, what, maybe she's waiting in the wings? Well, there you go. That's the first time possible. in publicly on the election. They're not going to campaign, as I stated. But, you know, Biden resigns for health reasons, and the convention is underway, and there's Michelle. Doesn't take the rocket scientist. That could happen. Yeah, I think it's a real thing. I do, too. I it's, think it's realistic. I guess, uh, if she did that podcast, you never know. Never know. Peter King? Yeah, Bill, this is Pete King. Of all the things you said, said I, I agree with everything you said, but the one to me is the most that until the media starts to highlight the extravagances and the ridiculousness of the state legislature, this is going to continue. You're the media guy. Other than WABC and a few other commentators, do you see the mainstream media in New York going with this at all, actually exposing no. what's happening? No, because, uh, look, the um, five newscasts on television, uh, all I want to do is tell you it's raining. Right. It's like eight minutes on the rain. It's winter, okay? It rains. And here we have uh, Mr. J out there in his boots, and it's raining, right, Mr. J? Yeah, it's raining, Scott. Okay, thanks. No, they don't do anything. They're not advocates. They're not a, they don't report aggressively. There's very little investigations going on. When I worked at Channel 2, we were kick-butt people. We'd have those people's pictures up in a heartbeat. They don't do it. Now. Right. And yeah. They don't do it. They get away with it. They don't, you know, the only thing I, I have seen of late, uh, guys, is on, I think it was NBC and a couple other places, they're at least showing the borders being overrun. I mean, I will give them, but, oh, they're, but, to, but they're blaming everybody. Well, they're Anthony, not blaming Anthony, uh, Biden. Anthony Weiner, when I was boxing with him on, on Saturday afternoon, still doesn't believe we're being overrun. He says no, they're right, doing the right thing. It's asylum. Huh? He doesn't want to believe right. it. You can't convince people of anything. If they are not open-minded enough to examine the facts. So if you're an atheist, you are not going to believe in God unless God comes down and sleeps over at your house. Okay, that's it. Because you don't want to believe. Anthony doesn't believe, Anthony doesn't believe that there's a public safety crisis going on. Well, I mean, that gets into neurosis then. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm not analyzing people here. 
I'm saying that far too many Americans believe what they want to believe, and that's it. Yes. And that leads to bad governance, bad people accumulating power. Right, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Bill, what do you have coming up tonight? Yeah, we're going to – we have the best election coverage, I think. I'm bragging, but that's okay. Uh, on uh, Common Sense and the No Spin News, which is my television broadcast. And, you know, we're, we're really going hard at this um, about what they're doing as far as Trump is concerned. The Democrats are convinced Trump will be the nominee. They know that Haley and they know that DeSantis are not going to make it. So they've shifted now. Trump is responsible for every malady in the country. Okay? Trump forced Jesse Smollett to lie in Chicago. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, and so that's what they're doing. That's our lead story. Bill O'Reilly, I'll be listening tonight at nine o'clock to 10 o'clock. You're going to be in 173 countries, 50 states. Thank you so much. Keep the truth coming and we'll catch up with you again real soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bill. And Thank guys, you. that was a great show. Action packed. Action packed. What do we all stand for? Truth, truth justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.